This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Hi, Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off could be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com Rodgers is streaking ahead and he's onside. Beautiful play! That is that! What a good shot! Oh, what a good goal! Mike Well post for Shearer. Goal! McLaughlin has it. Oh, deflection! And a goal! It's to Mitchell! It's another goal! Incredible! Hobble! I will win this league anyway. Richard, he's hit it. It's Cranwell! Colin Doyle strikes again. And a brilliant goal from Harry McCurdy! For goodness sake, Swindon Town equal a club record of six consecutive wins on the road after a comfortable 3-0 win in the FA Cup at Crewe. And here to discuss this with me, kind of, firstly, it's the one and only Dan Hunt. Dan, we win away, we win away, we win away. Never a truer word has been spoken, Dan. We win away. Um, yeah, it's, this, it's that yellow kit. It's... Just doing things for us, isn't it? I always preferred Canaries to Robins. <laughs> yeah, Norwich City. Uh, well, they even won a game in yellow and green yesterday, so uh, it's it's working miracles. It's working miracles. And also joining, of course, is Connor. Hello, Connor. Hello. I mean, I've been on the podcast so many times recently after a loss that I just thought I'd sneak myself in after a win, even though... Um, there's really no good reason for me to be on here, but it, I'm so glad to be to be with you both this evening. Well, Rich didn't know you were going to be here, so uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, the absolute shambles that is my prep, prepped solely for Dan appearing, and then here's Connor. And I've got to be honest, I don't mind it at all. Ah, uh, well, you know, that's good because if you didn't mind it, then uh, that puts me in a very difficult position. It really, really does. It'd be very awkward indeed, but we're here. We'll ramble through. So before we get going, an admission, something we wouldn't have admitted in the early days of The Low Strangers when it was me and Ben doing our monthly reviews. So 
I tried to get a town fan who'd actually attended the game or even watched the game um, on this episode, even flinging the net beyond the usual panellists. But alas, I had no joy. So we're going to just talk generically about this game, enjoy the goals, talk about the lineup, and then we're going to move on and we're going to do some state of play stuff, talk about the FA Cup a little bit, and also where we are, because I think a nice round 19 games of Ben Garner is is the perfect place to talk about the state of play, isn't it, Dan? Well, that's what we always say. Um, you can look at the league table after 19 games, including cups. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, 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 19. So in terms of this game without watching it, and there's a few listener contributions that I'll, I'll pull in there a bit later on. I think... What I do when I do like the presser with Ryan, I always try and anticipate Ben Garner and I use it using historic examples of how previous managers sort of look at competitions and how they want to progress if indeed they do want to progress. And I got to say, the moment I saw the lineup at 2 p.m. on Saturday, I was like, okay, this guy wants to progress. (laughs) He wants to move to the next one because there wasn't a single resting in that was there, really. I mean, you can say at least maybe one play, you can argue, but that was full strength. Yeah, and lovely to see a manager and a club really taking the cup competitions as seriously as they deserve. Um, I've always been of the view, League Cup, FA Cup, the first team fixtures, you treat them like that. you know, unless you're, you're hiding someone with a niggle or something like that. But uh, no, it kind of went with a form book in the end as well, didn't it? Yeah. Colin, do you think they've got an eye on that uh, away form? <laughs> that, that six, I mean, I, I was completely oblivious to me until I heard it on some highlights from the BBC that it, six was our record. That completely went past me. Yeah, I mean, I have no idea with these kind of records, uh, but it does feel like sort of, historically good so uh you know i have to take um the word for it from all of the statisticians i i think it is it's weird now we're in a territory where i'm kind of going into away games expecting a lot more than i would do from home games and not not even talking about home versus away form but like going up to oldham last week it never crossed my mind that we might not win that game and Honestly, like the the conversation in the pub before was how many. I wonder if that was replicated by the people that made the way up to crew um, on Saturday. But definitely I was sat watching Football Focus and listening to the radio coverage yesterday afternoon, um, wishing I was there, um, but not regretting not spending all day on the trains. And uh, just, yeah, thinking how long is it going to be until the first one goes in? It's it's a really weird place to be in. And I really hope it continues for a long time because I did not want to get accused of being wrongly complacent. <laughs> I felt really, really dense after recording the presser on Friday because, you know, I said something daft like I would be more co- I would be more confident if we were at home. And Ryan kind of went, really? And I, I didn't click that he was talking about our current form at home and I don't know where I am sometimes. I'm on a different planet, but but of course, yeah, you know, and a lot of the rhetoric from fans after the win this weekend is hopefully we get an away draw, which just seems weird, but you kind of see where they're coming from, don't you, Dan? Yeah, I mean, an away draw with a big away end, please, because um, mm. I'm sick of people scrambling for tickets. 
And um, yeah, just seeing the Stockport fans behind the goal at Bolton on Sunday just gave me like a real big hankering for a mega away day somewhere. We'll talk about potential away days um, after we celebrate the goals because that's all we can really do. Um, there's a nice, there's a nice highlights reel on YouTube actually from the BBC that isn't just the goals. There's a few other moments. Bless them, they gave crew one thing which really <laughs> wouldn't <laughs> wouldn't make any other highlights reel um, probably this season. But so Connor, real argument for all three of these being somebody's favourite goal of the day, but it was a hell of a good start at those contenders with Louis Reed's first. Yeah, I mean, I think I really love that kind of goal where you get the combination of a nice goal from range. I think that, that would be good, even if he hit that from kind of having the ball in his control and just kind of taking it first time on sort of on the run. It's, it's a beautiful, beautiful goal. I think they were on the radio comparing it to um, a goal that Kenny Stroud scored. Um, Nothing like it. But, <laughs> Agreed. You know, I, but, you know, I think it is, it's the sort of goal that we will be talking about in, you know, maybe 30, 40 years. Nah. I think it will be. I think we'll be like, look, remember that amazing goal from from that season? I, I like Genuinely, it's like one of the, one of my favourite goals that I've seen um, I scored in a while. And that's even including like, Something like Scotch wine. I, just, I think the fact that you're he's taking it first time just adds so much to it. It's such a brilliant goal, Dan. It's it's a very very good goal. Um, I've already forgotten every single one of Scott Twine's goals, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> exactly. But Kenny Stroud's against Top Flight Everton. I guess with the rarity of highlights footage from those days, um, I don't know. I think it's a it's as clean as you like in terms of the finish. Are we going to remember this one for years to come? Is it better than Royce Brownlee? Wow, that was a good goal. Um, it's it's a sort of it's up there with Royce Brownlee in terms of a purely wonderful hit with the right foot. Um, I mean, let's talk about the build up too. You had some really good interplay down the right to put Kessler Hayden in. He outpaced the full back, cross in, and then who else was involved? Johnny Williams. Iandolo got his second assist in uh, two games. And yeah, just what a strike. What a strike. <laughs> Gorgeous. And and in terms of the second goal, it, it's certainly not the finish of somebody lacking confidence from Tyree Simpson. And a lot of people, very, very quick, Connor, to say that was my favourite goal of the day. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think... It's one of those things where the combination of the pass, touch and shot um, are three very difficult skills. I mean, it's like a really delicate angled ball over the defender. You don't see that kind of pass that, that McCurdy managed to pull off very often, I don't think, at least not really at our level and probably not even at sort of higher levels either. Um, and then it's taken really, he kind of traps it immediately just to sort of set himself with the first touch, second touch, strokes it right into the bottom corner. And then it just kind of rolls in the back of the net and comes out the other side. It's just like, aesthetically, you can't really get much better than that. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think in terms of like when you're judging what's the best goal, um, generally like a, an amazing shot from range or like a long team pat, uh, build up will quite often be the ones that get the nod. But then th- those are like, you know, a combination of three very difficult skills it, all in one. I can see why people would like them and, you know. That that's kind of the one that kind of wins the game at the end in, at the end of the day as well. So it probably is like the the big release if you were in the ground. Nothing better than 
off the post or off the bar and in, is there, Dan? Well, it just it goes to show you the precision of the finish. Just, you know, you can't get more in the corner than that. And um, as you've said, you know, Tyree Simpson, those couple of goals up at Oldham, seems like he's brimming with confidence. I think it also shows you the value of having, uh, even if it's not like an old school front two, just having McCurdy like near Simpson most of the time. Um, it allows you to do those those clever bits of uh, link up and intricate passes. It was um, a smashing goal. Really pleased for Tyrese. Let's let's hope he goes on a on a big run now. Because that's what three and two. Let's hope we're sat here talking about you know six and five or something in a few weeks. Yeah, and and last week Terry did a great job at sort of relaying Connor's frustrations and opinions on <laughs> uh, on the. Uh, disdain that Tyree Simpson gets from from some fans and I think I agree with what he was saying last week that there there seems to be emerging or a misunderstanding between the difference between fans saying he's useless and other fans identifying that he needs proper cover from January and with the latter I still think that's the case but he's holding his own at the moment and there's absolutely no reason why this guy needs a break and heck next week he gets one. Yeah, that actually comes in at a good time for a, a number of the players, and you'd think Simpson's probably one of them. And he's in form, so he probably wants to keep playing. But um, hopefully, that kind of form will continue after the break. Um, and you know, I'm sure that, that they can do things to keep him warm in training. I mean, I don't think anyone can really debate that we probably need someone at least to back him up in January. I think, I mean, maybe Ben Garner does in his press conferences, but I think that's clear for all to see. Um, but it's been nice to see sort of people kind of coming around to him in recent weeks because he does so much even away from goal scoring um, that makes him a really valuable asset to this team. And yeah, again, I think it's one of those ones where a lot of his really good performances have been away from home. So um, by nature of the beast, fewer people have seen sort of the best of what he can do. Obviously, again, um, Oldham and crew. Um, were games in which he scored and, and they're away from home so it, it's um, it's interesting to sort of see um, everything kind of picking up but the other thing you have to mention is people are reacting to what they're seeing and uh, his, his performances have been sort of kicking up a notch um, I think quite steadily throughout the season so long may that continue because you know if they keep doing that then hopefully by the end of the season we've got an absolutely incredible player on our hands and I think I think we already do but um, you know he, he's growing and growing with every week well, Ellis Iandolo was robbed a collector's item goal before <laughs> Swindon made it 3-0. Again, through Louis Reed, who I think is only one free kick away from saying it's a Louis Reed special. Um, <laughs> wonderful placement, Dan, but I, I kind of think Dave Richards in goal could have could have done better with this one. Not that I care, but lovely stuff. Yeah, it did seem rather glued to the spot where he started um, with another step-step. He probably uh, probably could have palmed it away, but what do I know? Um, it was just a fantastic free kick over the wall, back down again, and like you say, it's becoming a a Louis Reed trademark. Um, he hit the post in the Mansfield home game. He's obviously scored at Sutton and now scored again yesterday. So if you can get your uh, your Johnny Williams and Jack Payne's falling around the box, then uh, yeah, what a weapon to have up your sleeve. Weapon, not as a derogatory term, of course. <laughs> <laughs> of course. I mean, although we maybe are one more one more away from it being a Louis Reed special, I think we we've now got Louis Reed territory um, as oh. quite firmly established. Ah. If not from 
the free kicks than also from the fact he hit one from that range in open play as well. Fantastic. I mean, to defend their goalkeeper ever so slightly, um, even though I guess it's not really in our interest to do it, you also got Payne and Gladwin stood over. You can both go kind of different sides of the goal. Um, so I, I guess he's probably wrong for it himself there. I mean, you, it's very much a group of midfielders that you're pretty happy stood over a dead ball, right? I mean, what, what, probably all three of them on their day could have sort of taken that and scored, I reckon. Williams looking for the free kick but doesn't get it. Very quickly, Swindon have the ball again. Hayden, McCurdy turning smartly. That's an excellent ball. Here is Tyree Simpson, 2-0. Another wonderful finish. Tyree Simpson this time. Before we move on, let's have some listeners' contributions. Thanks to those who sent me stuff, starting with Ocus Road, who says, Man of the match, Louis Reed with Ellis Iandolo, a close second. No player was below an eight today. Totally controlled the game. Paul Temple says, what a relief in the hat and another excellent away performance. Let's dream a little. Louis Reed, what a gem we have there. And he is man of the match. Tyrese gets better each game. A monster performance. Bernie Man says he listened, didn't watch. But from what he heard and based on the goals alone, Reed is a no-brainer man of the match. Please for Tyrese again. Sounded like McCurdy was a nuisance all afternoon and the defence was solid. Into the second round for nosebleed territory. Do we dare think of a third round? Crazy times. Wardy S says, Reed was brilliant today, man of the match. And if Simpson can get a few performances at the county ground like he is away from home, then any doubts about him could be put to bed took his goal well good game by hunt dropping into the right center back role another brilliant away performance joe says man of the match was paying for me won the ball back countless times off the crew defense simpson has put to bed his critics with another brilliant center forward display stfc glenn says played like we were the league one team today williams and reed are too good for league two Went to the game and hopefully another way day in the second round. Paul D says, drive them round Old Town in a coach for a couple hours on a Friday afternoon. Stick them in the Marriott overnight. Send them out in the Norwich kit. Guaranteed home win. It's worth a try. Pete Marsh says, video wasn't on iFollow, so listened on the commentary. But outcome was as accurately predicted by my good friend who supports crew. It seems that crew threw in the towel after Simpson scored. Crew must now be in crisis mode after being outplayed by a team from the basement. Paul Merriman says, who isn't happy after that? Read Man of the Match. It's not overstating it to say that this is a defining moment this season and maybe in recent history. Quality all over the pitch. Quality all over the management staff. Happy times. Also, guess who is back on Twitter? Hmm. Alex says, not had many enjoyable away days at Crew, but this was as easy as we could have hoped. Any problems Crew caused us were of our own making and they were few in number. Reed, excellent throughout. Great to see Hunt step into the right centre-back role so comfortably too. 
Ben Nichols says, if we can go into home games with this confidence and enjoyment, we'll honestly win the league. Harry McCurdy keeps tweeting he loves away days as opposed to the home games being a chore, maybe. Uh, can't wait to see this STFC at the county grounds. Still waiting. Dr. Bamber says it's difficult to pick a man of the match out of that all-round display, but I'd probably go for Ellis Iandolo. Looked totally assured on the ball throughout. He is really maturing into an excellent player for us. Jamie Townsend says this is like England making the European Championships final. Never happens, never expected it. Going to inevitably lose the next game. And finally, Jack Tanner says I'm still dreading drawing any non-league team at home. Way to stay positive there, Jack. Thank you all. Connor, I don't know where the spreadsheet stands on Man of the Matches. I asked for it and it was Louis Reed. Just about. Ellis Iandolo um, come a close second. Jack Payne got a few votes as well. Um, we'll go with Louis Reed as well. But does, is there a place for the FA Cup for Man no, of the Matches? No, no, there's, no. no, no there's not. Um, I mean, partly because last season there wasn't even a decision to make. <laughs> uh, and that's the only one we've had the, the spreadsheet for. Um I have to admit, I've not been that hot on updating the spreadsheet this season, so I think oh, I need to go man. back in and re-listen to episodes from about Mansfield onwards. Uh, Killing me here. I mean, I'm just going to put Louis Reed in most weeks, I think. But... <laughs> no, I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll do the grunt work. You put it on the list. It's, <laughs> I can't be having that. I've been working hard for these men of the matches and they're for your spreadsheet. Goodness me. Um, we'll move on from pod admin to, you know, Dare to Dream part two. And this really is the the purgatory between you know <laughs> dreaming and um and doing something very swindony and that's the second round where there are no enthralling ties um still in the hat oxford and bristol rovers drew so you know they they could draw swindon um on monday evening richie wellens's doncaster rovers are still in the hat luke garrard's ballroom wood and Johnny Goddard, St. Albans City, who beat Forest Green Rovers on Sunday evening. Dan, who do you want in round two and where? Well, as I've set it up earlier by saying I want a large away end, I've just got a feeling for like a Hillsborough away. Um, and just like a Swindon takeover of that end would be, uh, would be smashing. They've obviously got to get past Plymouth in the replay, which probably isn't going to happen looking at the league table but yeah somewhere somewhere big and dreamy where we can take thousands that's what I really want that's what this fan base deserves this season so Connor is it Fratton Park for you for convenience uh it absolutely would be for convenience I mean I think I think basically I'm what I'm going to do is rule out what I don't want and then I'll take anything else so I don't want a home draw not because of our (laughs) our form but just because it will be more fun um to go away um, I don't want another team in League Two because where's the fun in playing a team that we've already we're already going to play this season or probably have already played? Um, I don't mind someone Northern, but not someone like not like an outpost. You know, we've got Barrow the weekend after the first round of uh, the second round of the FA Cup. Um, I don't want to draw them again and have and you know we're having to decide which one we're going to or go up both times. Um, so I think what I really want is. Either like a good League One team, like you mentioned, like a a, a Portsmouth, um, you know, Sheffield Wednesday possibly, or I want a non-league team that realistically we're not really ever going to meet in the league. You know, St Albans watching their game on on the TV earlier, I mean, you know, may, they could probably give us pretty good a good game, um, but 
it'd be a good day out, wouldn't it? And it, it's reasonably doable transport-wise. So um, those are the sort of things that I'm I'm looking into. Having said that, we're probably going to end up getting done by Oxford at home or something like that, aren't we? So I, yeah, basically we're going to get, we'll probably end up getting someone that we don't want to be playing uh, in the at home, um, and um, it, it, it not being quite as good as this. But it, it's weird being in, in the second round. I'm 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 embracing it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, three words that will haunt all of our dreams: Port Vale away. Ugh. <laughs> at least it's away yeah I suppose but I know where that's headed um, I think I would like a I think I'm with Connor in the in the sense that I'd like a team that we're probably never going to play in the league unless crazy money goes their way so St Albans City would be good um, we've lost against too many non-league teams in the last decade or so for me to fill any sort of emotion <laughs> if we get beat by those sort of teams so bring them on um, yeah, something against the grain would be would be very nice, but it's just nice to be in that second round. What was the last time? Was it uh, Dartford? Was that the last? No, it was uh, York, wasn't it? York first round work in second. I think we only two second rounds under Lee Power um, while he was there, and uh, already one under Clem Morfuni. So, he, he, I mean, the the real dare to dream is, you know, can we get a team that we can beat in the second round? Uh, so that we can have an amazing away day um, on the third. That's the, 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 in the third round. That's when I want a big away, and I want a repeat of Fulham from 10, 10 15 oh, years yeah. ago, or Crystal Palace, or someone like that. That that's that's my. What well, I mean, really, I'm dreaming of St Mary's, but um, yeah, so, something like that. That's that's what we're that's what we're in this for. I find the second round of the cup. I mean, regardless of Swindon not really being in it for the last fifteen years, I find it the worst round because. You kind of lost a lot of the non-league um, excitement. You maybe have a couple more, but the stories aren't quite as good because they've already got through. Um, but you've not got the teams that we actually want to play. I mean, playing teams that we already play twice a season in the league, at least you know maybe six seasons out of eight or nine, it's not that exciting, is it? But let's hope we can get through this next round of the cup and get something some really, really exciting. Yeah, it just turns into a high, a, a better class Papa John's the second round, doesn't it? It's, just, it's, 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 it's like always... a Neapolitan pizza of, uh, of footballing <laughs> cup competition. <laughs> oh, wow. yes. I, mean, I've, I, think, I think, Dan, in, in terms of like what Connor was saying there, this club, this fan base under the current mood at a genuinely big grounds with a big away allocation is just Hello, Villa the perfect Park. yeah it's the perfect mix <laughs> yes, yeah, yes yes exactly it, that that is at the moment what the fans the club deserve isn't it massively yeah and yeah probably well Leicester City away is fantastic Fulham away you know and they come around so infrequently these type of games and we are overdue <laughs> We are well overdue, so uh, yeah, I just want to get planning. Yep, so congratulations to Kidderminster Harriers on their victory <laughs> over Swindon uh, <laughs> in, in the second round. And the cross is cleared towards the far post, now Williams, a player of such experience. Orlando set up for Reed. brilliant goal! Louis Reed with an absolute cracker for Swindon. Okay, so we move away from the FA Cup now 
um, to really just chat about the season so far. A few um, more recent things to discuss first. So Crawley's off. International call-ups for Jojo Wallacar, Anthony Grant, Anthony Grant and Johnny Williams were known about. Alex Gilbert had missed out on a Republic of Ireland under-21 call-up, but there was a late call-up to Kane Kessler-Hayden, who's gone into the England under-20 squad. And I think that happened last time. I think he wasn't in the original squad and got drafted in. With Harry McCurdy's suspension, that has been deemed enough for Swindon to get this game called off, which is a bit of change of pace. Connor, do you think there's a sense now that Ben Garner wants to protect his side from potentially dropping unnecessary points instead of simply surviving relegation. And now the tide is turning from their outward attitude towards let's not drop points. Let's win as many, especially when our home form is not as hot. Um, Yeah. I mean, I don't know what the exact reasoning for it would be. I mean, I think there's like quite a, rational way that you can look at it in the in the sense that you know for uh Stevenage way wasn't it only three players that we had away um and we decided to play it just to sort of keep the momentum going at, at that point of the season we probably did need to just get games played and under our belt um then we had Forest Green where um obviously we weren't allowed to um do it after having five called up because of the game being on Sky this time Although it's only four players called up, I mean, like you say, we've got McCurdy banned um, uh, for, well, suspended, <laughs> sorry, not banned, um, and uh, possibly sort of two out injured in, in Bordry and uh, Critchlow. Um, at the very least, another week of rest for both of them um, isn't going to do much harm. Um, so you could consider that to be seven, and that, that's quite a lot. Maybe it's not so much um, changing the, the expectations of the season, but... I guess we just have to look at our context of, you know, so far we've uh, we've not had any games sort of postponed for any reason. I think a, a few other teams probably will have done by this point and are going to have to make up a game or two later on. So it's not really any huge skin of our nose to have to play that crawly game on a Tuesday at some point. Um, so, so that maybe speaks for it um, in a certain way. Um, and also just in terms of being able to take stock while we're on this massive positive um, of a couple of really good away games um, and just not make the home record any worse. I think we're at the point where there are murmurs about the home form and and people aren't happy, obviously, and quite rightly so. Um, But obviously another win, even if we were to be without seven of our sort of key players, um, is probably going to then change the narrative even further to it actually genuinely being like a big problem that the club themselves have to deal with as well. So um, I think it's it's probably quite a clever thing to have this game off at, at that point, just kind of rest up for two weeks and, and go sort of all full steam ahead for Newport, get that win uh, away from home, which would be sort of a huge one, um, I think. And um, yeah, just just reset. I think it, it, it comes at a really good time, as much as I would actually really like to, to be at the county ground next weekend. Yeah, Dan, this game was supposed to be the end of my watching Swindon at home drought, which will now exceed 650 <laughs> days. Um, I was going to Crawley. He says now it's called off, but yeah, that was that was 100%. So I'm pretty gutted. Can't make the Newport game in midweek. So um, I might get to the Hartlepool game, uh, but oh, it's a shame. You... you how are you feeling, Dan? Because you are somebody who doesn't like an empty weekend from Swindon Town. Are you okay? I'm okay. Thank you, Rich. Um, yeah, um, I've gone on record previously as saying 
don't like blank weekends and I still don't. And next weekend is going to feel empty. Um, get your Christmas shopping done, everyone. Um, but no, I, th- I think on this occasion, and Connor summed it up nicely, you've got the the four on international duty. You've got McCurdy suspended. You've got a couple of injuries to centre-halves, which is an area of the pitch we're not plush in because we're playing three-five-two. So, you know, by that nature, you need three centre-halves on the pitch. Um, I think if the injuries had been in midfield, you still may have pressed on and uh, played the game because you've got good cover there with Grant and Leiden and East and Dabre and Aguiar. You know, like the list goes on. We've got bundles of midfielders. But, uh, yeah, because because of the area of the pitch that the injuries are in, um, I think that made the decision an easy one. But uh, it does mean Harry McCurdy will miss the Ben Wills derby on the 20th instead of uh, the Crawley home game, which is a shame. Yes, because he would have been sensational uh, value at Newport away, I think. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, what, I mean, Christmas shopping is is an appealing you know, um, suggestion, Connor, but there's got to be some more football out there. I think Hungerford... At home to Ebbsfleet, I think Chippenham are at home. Ricky Aguilar, so you know we could we could go and see him. Is, is there any other suggestions to fill our blank weekend? Because I don't have to do a presser on Friday. In many ways, I'm you know <laughs> as much as I love talking to Ryan, I, I'm over the moon. I get a lunch break. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad for you about your lunch break. Um, I think just to, to talk about Christmas shopping. I mean, guys, we live in a digital age. <laughs> you can get it delivered to you. Don't we? Don't need to uh, have our weekends free. Um, so I think football is, is definitely something that could be on the cards. Um, I, I'm not sure what I'm going to do. I think, I think I've had an invite to, uh, to Dulwich, uh, as you might expect. Uh, I'm not really sure what else is on that weekend. So um, who, who knows? The world is, is very much our oyster. Um, I, did, I did see the, the, the Chippenham one that, that, that could be um, interesting. But who knows? I think that also on the, on the, sat, on the Sunday, I believe, uh, is... Um, the first round of the FA Cup for the, the women's team um, away at Southampton. I think they're playing at Tottenham's ground. So I think that might be my my actual Swindon fix this week, uh, this coming weekend. Maybe that's what we can do the podcast on. Absolutely. Dan, something that the club have been trying to promote clearly, and we might add this to a bit of the conversation later, is indeed the women's team and the youth team. Unfortunately, the women's team game at the county ground against Exeter City was postponed during due to the weather um, but the under 18s as well progressed in the FA Youth Cup as they were expected to but it was a, a very good performance and you know it is important that Swindon fans and the club embrace the other areas beyond the senior team isn't it because that's the whole point of football is people watching people play football, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. And um, I think it's an area of the club that's been neglected over the last eight years. And uh, it doesn't take a genius to work out the common denominator over that period. Um, yeah, I mean, this is the future of your club. If you can produce players, you know, that's going to improve the first team. Eventually, you might sell some of those players which is money you can reinvest into the club. And the same with the women's team. Um, you know, if you're if you're a young girl in this town and you like football, well, that that is the pinnacle of women's football in Swindon. That That's the level you should want to reach. And um, bringing the club back under the sort of 
whole club umbrella is a uh, is a brilliant thing. Um, in my old trust role, uh, we used to speak with Mike Dixon, who's involved in the running of the the women's team, and you see how much hard work goes in, how much volunteer time, how much fundraising is needed. You know, their their long list of costs to, to hire pitches and for, for training as well. So, yeah, it's it's just the sort of a correction of past errors um and it's parts of the club that just need a little bit of love and uh with the youth team too you know they've been drawn at home to colchester in the second round of the fa youth cup so hopefully they'll be playing under lights at the county ground 500 or so people can go along and pay their free quid and watch and um hopefully they do the business and they can pull like a tottenham or a manu or a Liverpool at the hat and have a really big night in the county ground. That would be magnificent for them. Connor, I for one am over the moon that the youth team have drawn Colchester United and therefore it's very unlikely that we'll, we'll have seen lightning strike twice, right, in the next round for the seniors? Oh, no, is it? Yeah, I mean, in, unless they did the draw wrong and we're supposed to play Colchester in the next uh, round um, of, of the seniors, that would be... Conspiracy. Yeah, that would be a conspiracy. It'd also be dreadful. I don't. I don't want that. Uh, I. I mean, I think it's, it, it was really nice to see um, the um, youth team getting sort of a lot of coverage on on the socials this week. Um, I think I made made that remark at some point. Um, I don't know who to just into the ether probably. Um, but you know, like just seeing like pictures of it and people talking about different players. Um, the only real sort of exposure that I was getting to. Um, the youth team sort of for the last couple of years has probably done stuff for the trust um, over the years doing sort of um, live tweeting of, of the sort of streams that were going out. So there were ways of accessing it, but you know, the club weren't tooting the horn as much as we maybe should have been doing um, about players that could possibly end up becoming the, the future of our team. And obviously that is now more the direction that they want to go down a sort of a medium term thing. So obviously one of the stated things that, I think Ben Chorley was talking about in the summer. Uh, so fingers crossed this is um start of something. And, you know, in the next couple of years, we'll have uh, maybe a few more cup runs and who knows, might, might be able to go to a few sort of decent stadiums with, with, with the, the, the youth team. Um, if we're sort of at, at a loose end at some point and want to see um, them. Um, yeah. Like with the women's team as well. Um, I think, any chance to see a bit more of Swindon is is a good thing, and um, yeah, hopefully they can kind of keep going uh, and and going from strength to strength because you know getting the um, getting getting the game on at the the county ground. Uh, it's sad that that didn't happen, uh, but fingers crossed that can be rearranged and I can actually make that one because uh, that that'd be a good thing to see and like a, a it's a step in the right direction. Uh, and um, yeah, f- uh, from my side, um, it would be it'd be good to sort of see us doing what I think is the right thing just in all areas, really. Um, and yeah, we, we can't really lose from it. So it'd be very, very good um, to see us sort of progress on all of those fronts, as well as with the first team for the men. Yeah, and, and, the, and the key thing here, Dan, is it's not about making people follow women's football. It's not about making people follow junior football. It's about giving them coverage, coverage that they deserve, isn't it? 100%. And with coverage comes interest. Um, and from that interest, hopefully, the club will be strengthened through you know new players inquiring, new young girls in the town thinking, you know what, I've seen that, I want to do that, and they'll join a foundation football course or 
you know, like a half-term course and, and, and off they go. So at the end of the day, sport is just one of the absolute best things you can do in life for making friends, for keeping fit. Um, you know, some of my best memories have been on, on the cricket field in my life or in the stand watching Swindon Town with my family and friends. So, yeah, get involved in, in local sport and giving them a platform at the county ground, because I'm sure the women's game will be rearranged um, for later in the year. It's a, it's a brilliant, brilliant move. It's great to see. Louis Reed over the free kick. Another wonderful finish from Louis Reed. Swindon are through, and it's a club record. Six successive away wins. Okay, so before we go, as I, as I mentioned at the top of the pod, I wanted to, because it's been that magic 19 games in all competitions for <laughs> Ben Garner, we're going to just do a little state of play. Um, we're going to do it in two segments. We're going to do the football and we're going to do the club and we'll start with the football. So somebody, Connor, that we don't really talk about as much as many, and maybe it's because, you know, he, he I mean, he's he, he does his interviews He's getting results, but it doesn't seem to be as much of a connection as, say, Ben Garner with Richie Wellens. But he's doing an absolute terrific job. I mean, from my perspective, all honesty, I thought he'd be gone by now. I thought it was going to be a mild disaster based purely on what I knew about him. And that was one thing, Bristol Rovers. Ignoring all the, the, the goodwill from Crystal Palace fans and the reputation he had at West Brom, Two, Ben Garner has come to this club and at the moment touching every bit of wood around me. He's doing a magnificent job. Yeah, I mean, he's doing a lot better than I had expected. I think my initial reaction to him being put in was, I'm not going to say negative, but it was like, oh, I, I would maybe have been expecting sort of a slightly better track record than that. And I was I was not hugely enthusiastic. Um in the end, I think there are a few Rovers fans um, online that were saying that, that there are certain things that you, you can see it working differently at Swindon and actually everything going well. And I think that's actually been borne out in what's happened. Um, I think a few of the big, the, a few of the like sort of small wins earlier on have just kind of put everything on on, a, on the right kind of kilter and, and and it's moved on in the right way. So I think I was I was looking at it thinking you know maybe it won't be as successful as it as it currently has been. I think this is definitely surpassed what many of our pre-season expectations would have been even after the takeover um but um yeah he he's doing a really really good job and I, I think the the connection with the fans is growing for sure um I think it probably needs to be watered by a couple more home wins to be honest because the amount of people that have seen us um sort of win um more than once um is quite small um in terms of like the home crowd um so that that can definitely um be something that's, that can be improved that's probably not even like a Ghana thing but just celebrating a few wins with him will be definitely a good thing for, for that um, and I think it's just more as we get to know him as a personality I mean like you say he does do his interviews he's not one to shy away like a, a few unnamed individuals from last season um, but I don't think he's gone to like the Richie Wellens levels of engagement quite yet and and it'll be interesting to see if that does happen um, if, if there's kind of like a a longer game in in this kind of thing, or if he's just that a little bit quieter, uh, maybe not quite as uh, media friendly, um, if, if you want to put it that way about Richie Wellens. Um, uh, but you know, they're, they're different personalities, and I think I think he'll be taken to in a different way. Um, and 
to be honest, if you get towards the end of the season, we're up there, then people will be singing his name regardless, right? So um, I think I think it's growing with him, definitely. Yeah, Dan. Yeah, well, I've made a few notes, like I always do. And um, just on Ghana, I think it'd be wrong just to mention Ghana uh, solo because um, it feels like a whole football club approach and his staff seem to be really a big part of it too. So Scott Lindsay, Scott Marshall, Ben Chorley, you know, who got the the Ben Garner appointment right. He deserves a lot of credit for that. Okay, so September was a month where I think we saw a little bit of realism hit. Uh, August has been a month where we kind of got through on adrenaline as the squad was getting together and people were getting fit. But in October and November, we've um, we've really seen this side in anger and what they can do. Now we've settled on the three-five-two system, which just fits this squad of players perfectly. Um, and the Bradford defeat was sort of proving that point. You know, we changed the shape and it it went horribly. Um, yeah, on Ghana personally, I think he's a very steady bloke, no dramas, um, but he's also not been afraid to make a big decision. The Anthony Grant omission was unpopular and it still is for some people, but that's the decision. Garner has taken um, and he's not done his, you know, washing publicly uh, either. Um, I think the fact we're winning and Louis Reed is such an incredible central midfielder himself, you know, I doubt that problem's really going to rear its head. Um, he's also, you know, refreshingly honest and he takes accountability in his post-match interviews. Um e.g. after the Bradford game where, you know, he took that change of system on the chin. Um, and yeah, just whole football club approach, you know, as displayed by the fact he was at Gloucester City last week um, watching the youth team. He's thinking about which of these young lads, you know, could probably get a game against Newport on Tuesday. So it's just, um, yeah, huge tick at the minute. And I wonder if, you know, give it another three or six months, if, we start fretting when jobs come up in in League One. Whether we start worrying about Ghana Ghana leaving, which would be a, a big compliment to him. I would say it's less likely now because the sort of the system in place at the club with the director of football, manager, coaches, sports science, like it, it feels like this is a sort of Ghana project, and it. I, I think I think he's going to want to see it through wherever it goes. Nice. Okay, we'll, we'll move on to the players. Connor, double question, really, double header. Who are the players who have really stood out for you this season? Really tricky one, that. And who are the players you'd like to see more of? Okay, so standouts. I mean, I think you kind of have most of the first 11 of like in, in dribs and drabs have, have stood out in, in, in different ways. I think Wallacott has been brilliant um, throughout the season. Um Definitely early on, he was kind of um, turning uh, losses into draws and draws into victories with some of his uh, sort of heroics. And um, he's been a bit quieter the last last few weeks, I think, um, but still turned up big when we needed him. So um, for sure, Wallacott um, is up there. I think Conroy um, being in, being readily available for the majority of our games, I know he missed a couple, but um, for most of them um, has been really big for us. So definitely he's been... Um, one of the, the the key players so far. 
Um, I'll give like a joint shout to Critchlow and Odomeo as well. I think both of them um, have been very solid and I, I think they shine in very different ways. So um, I, I can't really talk about the exact reasons why they would shine. Um, but um, for sure, having both of them in the team um, is really, really good. Lou Reed goes without saying, I mean, we're talking after possibly his, his uh, most eye-grabbing game in terms of um, scoring the goals, but the catchphrase of the podcast and the catchphrase of um, the tweets in every week um, when we've been asking for man of the matches is about how, how unsung Louis Reed is. Um, so it's, it's not, a, not a case of uh, now we're finally singing his name. I, I think we've been praising him throughout. Um, and it, it's just that now uh, some of the things that he's been doing that affect us positively are just so obvious um, that it's easier to call him out rather than saying, you know, he he, he passes the ball well and um, in terms of territory and intercepting the ball, he's always in the right position. So um, definitely him. Um, I think there's, there are a number of players who've kind of come into it, like Gladwin. Um, Tyree Simpson's been brilliant. Harry McCurdy um, has probably been the difference between the sort of part of September where we're kind of trundling along um, and sort of since the start of October where he sort of seemed to like the touch paper at halftime against Bristol Rovers and change the game completely. So, I mean, really you can talk through the majority of the first 11 um, and I think, okay, maybe there's 12 or 13 who are part of that um, because you can probably consider the free of pain um, uh, Williams and, and Gladwin as, as into those two attacking midfield spots um but we're seeing a lot of the same kind of players and and doing lots of different things i think the number of games where um people are doing uh where, where the players are sort of having having their standout performance and i i imagine if you looked at the spreadsheet obviously as we discussed i can't do this at the moment um you would see a number of different names on there so that that speaks to that side of things in terms of players to see more of um, the one that I've been really excited in the small glimpses that I've seen, um, and this is really just um, a little bit here, a little bit there. I think Ryan East looks really, really good. Um, came on um, against Sutton for about half an hour and was was really, really good. Um, like it seemed to basically just take on what Louis Reed does and just continue that, which is crazy considering um, sort of the little that we know about him. Um, and he was pretty good when he came against Oldham, I thought, as well. So I want to see a little bit more of him. I think um, Garner's working him in after, obviously, a while of, of, sort of um, youth football. Uh, and I think Dabre and Aguiar are the two, obviously, that we signed um, kind of knowing nothing about in the summer. Um, and they've only been seen in sort of fits and spurts so far, but um, I'm sure they'll come into it. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing them more than clamouring for them to come in. But... Um, yeah, I, obviously that that there's now like an edge of the squad, um, and yeah, there's, there's like a number of players that I actually just haven't seen very much of. Even like Harry Parsons, I've only seen a few games of. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'm not I'm not clamouring for anyone to come in, but um, when we have to use um, a, a little bit more of our second string, um, then then I'm I'm excited, and maybe a mention as well for Jaden Mitchell Lawson, who's looked electric whenever we brought him on. Um, and he, he just hasn't quite had that um, chance to get a start. Maybe Newport away in a couple of weeks. That's that's his chance potentially. But um, yeah, I'm, this team is really exciting me, as you can probably hear. <laughs> well, that was very very thorough. So I don't think there's any need for Dan to sort of jump in with any for anything else. So, <laughs> Sorry, Dan. <laughs> so I would I would only mention the only part of the team that Connor didn't cover, and he was very thorough. You're right. It's just um, 
the dynamism from wing back. Um, I think Iandalo's. I mean, it sounds odd at 24 when he's been at the club eight years, but it, it feels like a real standout, like breakthrough season for Ellis. And that left wing back role suits him down to the ground. And on the other side of the pitch, Kessler Hayden, when he plays, just so much energy, so much dynamism. And that, given that they're the only two wide players Ghana plays, is a really important part of the pitch. Um, so, yeah, that that's what. The only other one I'd mentioned, just really incredible. And then players I'd like to see more of, I think Mitchell Lawson with the McCurdy suspension to come and the cup game in the week. I, it feels like he's got to be raring to go now um, and he will get a chance to make a big impression and, and you know keep McCurdy and, and Simpson on their toes. Do we need to talk about Anthony Grant? Is there anything to be said? It's difficult because obviously I guess we don't know why he's not in there, but obviously nine substitutes against Crew and he's not on there makes you wonder like what's happened. Uh, we've not seen anything of him, I guess, since August. Since, since was it the Mansfield game? Was his was his last appearance for us? It's it's weird, and only the Low Strangers podcast could sort of get the home shirt sponsorship of one of the the key players. Um, that we, as we thought at the time uh, of the season, for him to never appear again. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> I think I think that's how that's how we need to discuss it more than anything else. It's 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 genuinely so weird that we've given him the kiss of death with uh, <laughs> however much it was to get that. Oh my goodness! Yeah, Dan, it's clearly our fault. This, but. I think the fact that Ghana will do a press conference and say it's all f- they're all fit except for Critchlow, and then we don't see Grant. It's only understandable that fans will just look at that nine man bench, not see Anthony Anthony Grant, and just be like, "Oh boy." Mm. Uh, well, nine men—that's obscene for a bench, <laughs> isn't it? Before we come on to Grant, at least there were five um, subs, though. You can make five subs because if it was yes. three subs on a nine man bench, it would be just silly. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah. I suppose it goes to show the quality in the squad as well um, that we have been leaving out someone of Grant's experience and quality and not been missing him. We've also got Jordan Lydon, who's probably ahead of Grant in the pecking order too in terms of you know being that midfield scrapper or like, you know, slightly more of a scruffy kind of midfielder. Um, I hope Lydon gets bit of a go in the next few weeks as well while I'm on it. Um, but yeah, the, the Granty stuff, you know, clearly we need to be very careful who we pick <laughs> for next year's uh, Low Strangers oh, sponsor because that's a big responsibility. That's, that's, the, that's the question. Yeah, <laughs> no, do we, we don't want Grant out, do we? But it's, it's it, well, we might use, if this is if this is factual stuff, then, you know, we might have to yeah. use this. If the sponsorship has catalyzed him, <laughs> him being sort of out of the, the first team picture, uh, who do we not want playing? We're going to have to work it out uh, after, the, after the summer transfer. I could right? have given you a very strong name last season. Uh, we don't mention that. Um, yeah. Um, but it, it, back to Grant, it, it feels like it's all set up for a January low move away to the end of the season. Try and get his wages covered, and use that money elsewhere in the squad. Is are we ever going to find out what's what's happened behind behind closed doors until Grant comes on this pod next summer? Yeah, precisely, yeah. precisely. I mean, it, and nor should we, I suppose. No, absolutely not. And a nine-man bench 
based on everything is is you know it was a, it was a decent bench but given Baudry's injury record and I mean Hunt did a great job by all accounts filling in but Grant had played there previously so uh, you know you would probably have Grant if all is well ahead of Dabray on the bench for example oh of course yeah 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 well we'll never know and we're, we're putting two and two together but Nine man bench is pretty damning if he is indeed fit. Um, but a nine shame. men, that's obscene. <laughs> I think Syria A pretty much has the whole squad on the bench for home games, don't <laughs> it's they? It's like so, American football. Yeah, it's just everyone's there. Okay, well, really, really positive stuff in in terms of the state of play of the football. That's probably the same with the club, isn't it? Uh, gentlemen, the big pluses, the could do betters, the things you'd like to see going forward, Connor, what have you got? Uh, the big pluses have been the away form. Uh, so many good days out so far this season. Can't wait for a few more. The the minuses would be probably the home form. Uh, <laughs> Ying and Yang. Yeah, would like the uh, sort of trip up. I mean, it's still a big day out because it's like two hours to get there, two hours to get back. Uh, at the very least, I, w- I would like those days to be a little bit more positive on the way back than that they have been. Um, things I'd like to see. Big draw in the third round of the FA Cup <laughs> and are storming the league title, both of which I expect to happen. So lovely. There we go. And, and Dan, all good answers there by Connor. But what about the club generally? So moving away from the football, what about the big pluses, could do betters, and things you'd like to see going forward for that? Um, well, bread and butter. The attendances, home and away, have been fantastic. The rushed marketing and selling season tickets effort you know that bore fruit we've got 4,400 season ticket holders that's really important for the future of the club you know you want to get people tied in to almost like you know that membership of the club putting their money where their mouth is every uh every spring um really nice to see plans uh afoot at pace to purchase the county ground and You've got a chairman and people running the club now who seem to do what they say. So when they say that they're aiming for a top academy, um, they haven't shown me anything yet that says, well, they're not going to go out and do that over time. So that side of the club, as well as simple things, you know, sports science, nutrition, there's a real seriousness and professionalism to what's happening at the club. Um, and that's not to say there aren't some things uh, that could go better, and there definitely are. Um, you've got, um, uh, you know, a lot of players out of contract. That's going to need some big negotiations between now and the end of the season. You're going to need some smartening up of quite a few club processes, phones, ticketing, PAs, turnstiles. <laughs> you know, th- there are still rough edges, which are going to take a little bit of time, clearly to um to sort out um but yeah i mean it just feels like whilst things are sort of you know still hectic and there's still debt and you know like i said there are a few rough edges this is such a good opportunity for the club to get promoted to the third tier the squad is full of quality not necessarily deep in terms of numbers um january is an opportunity to strengthen when you're already strong um, that classic cliche. Um, and yeah, if you can go up, do. <laughs> like, 
this is <laughs> this is a great this is you shouldn't pass this up with you know we just want to stay up it's about what we do off the field granted but this is a really quite a special group of players um some players who are playing well below their level you know you Johnny Williams uh Louis Reed clearly you know you've got Garner's goalkeeper um yeah just a little bit of polishing around the edges and uh this club's in very good nick. Yeah, I think the going up, having been spent, you know, a lot saying we just want to survive will be the big narrative of the summer if it happens. And I don't know about you, but maybe it's time to look up what clear and transparent means in Latin and put it on the badge for next season. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've been talking about new badges today, Rich. <laughs> the floor I have, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 a it's a bit of a thing for me, the badge. I mean, I'm not calling for the diamond to come back. And I think I just want the current badge just to be, you know, fixed from the clip art design that we have. And if you if you like the current badge, then you're just rose tinted. It's just it's not a good design. It's not a good version of what was once a very nice design. Um so that would be nice. It's not it's not on my top five lists of things to to uh be updated anytime soon but it's 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 a rushed effort come on surely i can't be it's it's not good it's not good i mean i (laughs) it's still our badge so i'll still back it to the hill but we downgraded massively in in getting rid of the the diamond i I know people wanted to change it but just because people want to do something doesn't mean they're right rich so uh i would i'd have that back in a in a in a breath but, you know, also just a, a slightly better version of what we already got would also be nice. I, I take that point. On the topic of aesthetics, I'm, I'm looking forward to the third kit. That's that's actually something, um, once that comes out, um, I believe from sort of the the, uh, the notes that come out on, on the official website every now and then that that should be at some point this month, hopefully. Uh, so fingers crossed um, that, that that's a nice one because I just want to be cutting about the place, feeling really fashionable in my Swindon shirt. Um, who knows? Um, and yeah, just just let's just keep making nice kits. Let's have one next season that you know the the pinstripes don't quite get messed up by the sponsor. That'd be brilliant. Uh, that's probably the reason for the bad home form. <laughs> I think I've I think I've worked it out. <laughs> but uh, yeah, just 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 a number of things, and we we can wear that third kit in the FA Cup second round, Rich. Or for the plum tie in the Premier League. Will that be the fourth kit sponsored by the people or something like that? That's what we do, right? Well, yes. History says yes. Yeah. <laughs> Sack off barter card for, uh, for for something else for the big game. Yeah. A sponsorship that we actually understand what the, the company does. <laughs> <laughs> Meow. Sorry, sorry, Bartercard, if you're listening. I just don't understand what, what the point of your platform is. Bartercard is always listening. I thought I'd probably just cost the, co- the the club the renewal of the sponsorship deal for next season. So I'm being... Sorry, guys. Negatives. Yeah. Oh, what a chaotic end of an episode. But I think that will do, chaps. Dan, Connor, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. The Low Strangers is an independent podcast. Views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club. The music is provided by the great Matthew Kilford and the podcast artwork is by Matt in Singapore. Thanks for listening. 
Come on, Swindon. Hi, Alice Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant like Darren Ward. Or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 